This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Hi and welcome to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name is Mark and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of this show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we'll talk about a, a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help. Then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who's an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble, which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm an alcoholic. This is the AA preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So, what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to to convince you that you don't have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you are an alcoholic, you are at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. If you think this sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it is an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease, After having that first drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is, one is too many and a thousand never enough. And yet, because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up that first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report their lives have improved dramatically since they've become sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety, one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise helpless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview an AA member who's going to share their experience with alcoholism. 
So let's meet our guest. Would you like to introduce yourself and give us a quick sketch of who you are, Terry? Age, how long you've been sober, occupation? Yes. Hi, I'm Terry and I'm an alcoholic. I, as I said before, I actually I'm retired now. I'm 74 years old, so I'm a beneficiary, of course. Yes, and happily sober. Gee, I never thought I'd ever think that was a good thing to be. Because I, th- I thought drinking was the way of life. And family? Well, oh, Terry. sorry. I, yeah, I live in Christchurch, but I, I come originally from Brighton, Dunedin. And oh, that's where I was meant to grow up. I got older down there, but uh, didn't really grow up. So when did you start drinking and how did it progress? Well, I was uh, 15, really, when I found 15, 16 sort of age. When I first was able to drink un- uncontrolled, you might say, and which is a, a very good definition of my drinking, uncontrolled. And I, why did you drink and what did it do for you? Well, I drank beer and, and that really was my main thing all the way was beer. I did drink spirits occasionally when there was not, no choice or whatever, but I wasn't good at that because I, I was used to quantity so when I drank spirits, I was inclined to drink way, way more than is healthy for somebody. I did with beer anyway, but, but now with spirits, it was sort of exaggerated. And was there a particular reason why you drank? Yeah, I couldn't stand reality. And I, sadly, that was the case since as far back as I can remember. When I was a little boy, in my first memories... Something was wrong. I, I, I knew they were going to admit one day that I'd been adopted. I just did not fit in the family I was in. And as I grew a little older, I realised my family didn't fit into society either. It was just something was wrong. And, yeah. And also, it was normal in the family I grew up in. Drinking was normal. And my parents drank, both of them, but more my father, my mother sort of had a, seemed to look after her responsibilities, but my father was just like I became. And, and could you describe your like, pattern of drinking, how you drank, whether it was alone or socially, and when did you first realise it became a problem? Well, I, I didn't usually drink alone at all. In fact, that was when I, I knew I was not an alcoholic. I knew that right till the day I first came to AA. For sure, I am not an alcoholic because I knew what alcoholics were like I'd seen them in movies and on TV and stuff like that. And, and I used to look at them and think, gee, why would you do that to yourself? But uh, but I, I knew I wasn't one. I thought I was uh, a really like a good keen man that Barry Crump wrote about. I'm a real hard Kiwi man and I can handle it. And, and people that can't, they're wimps. That's what I used to think. And I was actually proud of how much I could drink. And sadly, I, when I look back now, I realise people were trying to express their concern. They'd say to me, gee, mate, how can you drink so much and still be, still standing up and still functioning? And in my head, I'd think to myself, ah, oh, they, they, they're admiring me, they, like I admired me. You know, in my head, I thought I was just amazing. And so and now I realise they're actually trying to express their concern, but, but I was too blind to see. Or here. Do you remember a time you felt yourself it was a problem? You thought, oh, hang on, I've got to... No, it never occurred to me I had a problem with alcohol. Although, when I say that, I must have known sort of subconsciously 
because I was forever swearing off, saying that's that, never again. I was doing that. So you don't do that unless you know something's wrong, of course. But I, but it, it was only maybe half a day I'd forgotten all about that resolution and I was back doing it again. What made you realise you needed help? Like, have you lost jobs or relationships, trouble with the law? No, I, I somehow I scraped through, you know, with no problems with the law and I kept my job all the way. I actually threw my job in at the end because I... It, I considered it was affecting my private life. I wasn't able to to just relax and do what I wanted to do. My job was because I had to make sure I was okay to go to work. And, yeah, it's funny. The people at work were saying to me, some of the guys are uh, worried that your private life is affecting your work life. And I think, no, no, you got it back to front. It's my, my work life is affecting my private life. So I had the opportunity to take severance, and I did. I thought that'll now my life will be okay. How about social family relationships? Did they have any effect on that? Of course, it was just atrocious. Sadly, I almost perfectly replicated what I had hated in my father's house. That, and, and I hated him. Said I'd never be like that, so and so, but I became almost identically like him. Very sad. I, my wife and family, they. They tread on eggshells all the time because they knew what I was like. I just erupted at the least provocation. Did you ever try and stop drinking yourself? I, I did, successfully, for three months. My wife actually said she was leaving, and I said, what's wrong? She, Why are you leaving? She said, oh, you drink too much. I said, gee, if that's the only problem, I'll stop. And so I did for three months, and she was by then saying to me, oh, look, it would be okay if you just drink, but just do, do what other people do, control yourself a bit. So uh, the funny thing was, in me, my greatest concern was I haven't turned into one of those wimps that only needs a couple of bottles and they had it. And, and so at the moment I went back to drinking, I was just like I used to be, no worries at all. But in that period, I did have time to think about things a bit. I thought, gee, I'm so lucky I've still got a licence. And, and various things like that I saw. And so I thought I was taking control of my life a bit from then on. But what I did was I became a binge drinker. I didn't know that's what it was then. But from then on, I, I would think to myself at night time, oh, no, I won't start. Because I had known for years, from, really from the start, if I start, I don't stop. I never decide I'm, this is enough. I, I drink till I drop, till I get booted out till my money runs out or whatever it is that prevents me going on, that was it. So, and I knew that. I just accepted that. That's just what kind of man I am. I'm did, just all or nothing, you know. Did you have a rock bottom? Could you describe your rock bottom? Well, yes, rock bottom was when I came to the point because I, was, I had blackouts and I had blackouts since my teens. I was having blackouts. So way back in the early days, in other words. But, um, and... In those days, the things I did would just be a bit embarrassing, a bit silly sort of thing. But by the end of my drinking career, if that's the word for it, it was the blackouts I would not know what on earth I would do. And people would come and confront me and say, mate, what made you do that? And I'd think, what? I don't do things like that. That's just not me. That's not my character at all. I'm, I'm not a person like that. And then enough people would tell me I'd done it that I knew I had done it. 
And I was thinking, gee, has something come loose in here or what's going on? You know, so that's what was my rock bottom. Eventually I was scared to drink and I was scared not to drink. I couldn't stand life without a drink, but I knew I couldn't risk drinking again. How did you find yourself to your first AA meeting? And can you tell us what that was like? Well, funny enough, I, one of my nervous things that I had was for some reason I hated going to bed early at night without a drink because that's when my head would plague me. So I would sit and read newspapers and, or whatever they were but to the point where I'd be reading the, the ads in the paper and even who sponsored them and all the details and stuff. Why on earth I needed to know that, I do not know. But it was like I don't want to go to bed. And in one of those times, I saw the AA ad in the paper. I thought, gee, I wonder if these guys know anything about because I didn't know it was a drinking problem I had, but I knew I was plagued with bad luck since I was born, born under a, 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 a bad cloud or whatever. I, I don't know what was the right definition, but that's how I sort of looked at it. And I used to say that sarcastically to people, oh, Murphy's Law was written especially for me. If anything can go wrong, it will. And that's what in my life and in, in my eyes was happening. So, so what was the first meeting like? Well, it was amazing because that's when I found out I am an alcoholic and there was only me and one other man there. And and he told me his story from 18 years prior when he was drinking. I thought, wow, I, I, I could hardly believe my ears. And that somebody else lived on this earth with the same kind of, you know, like I thought, bad luck that I had. Everything going wrong all the time. And... Uh, his story wasn't exactly the same as mine, but it was just so similar to mine. And he said to me, oh, there's millions of us all around the world getting, just like us, getting better. How did you feel about that experience? Oh, what a relief. Like I said, I'd known all my life something's dramatically wrong, and now I finally know what it is and what to do about it. That is a set of instructions to, to get out of here. Because what I thought was I was just going insane and I really was going insane, actually. But I just thought I was irreversibly going insane. I just getting on a steeper and steeper slope. I'm on my way down, you know. How have you managed to stay sober? Well, I haven't. Really, God has done that as soon as I let him. And sadly, I can look back in the early days of my recovery in AA and what kept me from having a drink then, and maybe God let that be like that for all I know, but before I knew him properly to, to really ask him to do it, the two things that kept me from having a drink were fear and pride. I had fear of what would happen if I drank again, like I just finished saying, what people were going to tell me I'd done or what the police would be telling me I was locked up for or whatever, and yeah, that was the fear. But the pride was I had told my friends I'm an alcoholic and I knew they would all be having a bit of a chuckle behind my back because that's what we always did and, and saying, oh, he'll come right. He'll, he'll be back with us soon, you know, because that's what normally, that was the normal process that happened. Oh, he's got his nose out of joint. He'll come right. But, and I knew I, was, I am an alcoholic and they're not going to see me fail. So that's why I say pride also stopped me going back because amazingly I didn't take any notice of the things that I heard in AA I was going back to my old drinking holes I was drinking 
Coke by the gallons, just amazing amounts when I look think back, because I had that habit. I had to be constantly up and down from the bar and off to the toilet. And, you know, it was between the pool table, the bar and the toilet. That was my tracks, you know, exercise. So, yeah, but that's what got me to AA anyway, was it? Have you um? Have you dealt with any difficulties with AA a lot in terms of sponsorship or other AA members, meetings, structure? No, I have loved meetings from the start. Actually, I've loved them, and and we're at the town I was in when I got sober. Was we had one meeting a week, and so I, and I loved travelling anyway. So that was to me a, a bonus. I'd jump in my car and and go to other meetings, you know, a hundred miles each way and stuff like that. But I, I loved doing that and. And that got me to to meet other people, of course, and and yeah. But I've been, I've loved it from the start, even though I wasn't even doing the program properly at the start. Just the fellowship and so on. Yeah. Was and doing service has that helped at all? Yes, I, yes. I've been. I was just sharing just a minute ago about one week after I came into AA, I was made the secretary, the treasurer, and the GSR of the group. I think they were just relieved to have somebody new that could look after bringing the milk and and unlocking and so on, you know, and cleaning up the dishes afterwards. So, And I never knew any better than to say, yeah, okay. So, How would you describe your life today and how you feel about yourself today and your life um, oh, being sober? Now I have life. Before it wasn't life. It was just a slow, painful death, really, that I, I was sort of living. And now I love life. And and the the best way to describe that is, in the mornings, I, when I came to, it would be one eye would come open and I'd think, oh, no, not another one because I dreaded every day because every day something would go wrong or I'd find out something that had already gone wrong that I'd done, whatever. So I dreaded the day. Well, now I wake up in the morning and think, oh, wow, another new day and I look forward to what's going to happen and I enjoy life. I get on well with people. In almost all people, and yeah, and I love people. It's funny, I was just mm. thinking recently about that, that in, in my life as a drinking man, there were only two kinds of people in my life, really. People I could make use of, so I'd be nice to them and whatever, and polite and you know, obliging, whatever, or the, the rest of people were just nuisances that got in my way for what I wanted to do. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that was it, really. And I couldn't care less about them. Any goals for the future? Uh, well, now I'm actually happily married. I, this is my fourth marriage, but and I wanted to be married once properly, and I actually asked God for help with that. I said, you please choose, because I'm making pathetic choices. I'm not going to choose again. And best thing I ever did, I can tell you. And, and I actually ask him for guidance in all I do now, because... When you've done it wrong enough times, it's actually easy to ask somebody else for help. So it leads into our next question, actually. Yeah. How's, um, so AA is described as a spiritual program. So what does spirituality mean for you? Well, I'm actually a born-again Christian, and that's what came out of being an AA. And I just thank God that he used AA to clear the clouds out of my head enough for me to know that I needed him, because I never knew that. I knew God existed, but I was actually scared stiff of them. I've been brought up in a as a, a strict in a strict religion, and uh, yeah, I was scared of God. I knew he had a, like he was keeping records of everything I'd done and said and whatever. And 
I knew where I was going at the end, definitely. And I'd actually really resigned myself to that, that I was on my way to hell, and I may as well just have as much fun as I can on the way because, yeah, I've, I've blown it already. Well, now I know that's not true at all. So, What would you suggest for any listeners that think they have a drinking problem? Yes, oh, it is just so awesome to ask for help. And and that's the thing now. I, I mean, that's made me aware that whatever problem I have, I can ask people for help and, and say, look, if you don't know where to get help or if you can't help me, do you know who can like that? Because there is always somebody, whether it's financial, I can't manage my finances or whatever it is, there's always somebody that can help me. Now I know that. Before, I, I just didn't know that. What questions would you ask someone to help them decide whether they need help? Ah, that's a, that is a wee bit awkward, really. But, yeah, I, I like the saying that AA uses that uh, if your problems cause you to drink or your drinking causes problems, chances are you might be an alcoholic. I like that statement. It's clear, yeah. Easy to understand, really. Yeah. Well, Terry, thank you uh, so much for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Uh, You're welcome. For our listeners, if you've related to anything that you've heard or would like some more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 16 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear from more AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30pm on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes or Spotify. This brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help you. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer as we do at every AA meeting. God, God, grant me the serenity serenity to accept accept the things things I cannot cannot change, courage courage to change the things things I can, can, and and wisdom to know the difference. difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.